Here we are, another week of San Diego Magazine's Happy Half Hour. It's a Friday afternoon. Uh, I'm in a pretty good mood. The sun is out. Just had a, a giant bowl of soup, courtesy of uh, your wonderful wife, Claire. It was delicious. It was. It was delicious. Hiro Nori, everybody, if you haven't been to Hiro Nori, I will tell you this. Tonkatsu is the best ramen broth that you can possibly ever get because it's creamy, it's silky, it's got all the stuff, right? Except for at this place, the, she, the, the uh, shoyu broth that they have, the shoyu broth, which usually I don't like, you know. I, I don't either. No, that's not my spot. It's so good. It's got to be the best shoyu in town. I was shocked on how good it was because when I saw you order it, I was like, I was like, hold on. I'm like, what does he know that I don't know? And I was definitely, I'm very happy with my choice. I know. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, we're, we're shock full of ramen right now. Uh, we have the, a great show today because we're b- continuing on our coverage of the South Bay. Um, we have one of the you know, icons on um, from South Bay, born in Chula Vista area, uh, kind of lived a dual life between there and Tijuana. He showed Anthony Bourdain around Tijuana when he, um, he came down there in 2012. Uh, he was like a nightclub pr- promoter. He founded a basketball team. He, so, I mean, this guy has seen it all, and he's got one of the most beloved North uh, North Park food trucks. You always see it fall brewing. It's kind of like an extension of their living room and their brewery. It is Corazon de Torta. On the podcast today, we got Tony T. Yes, and it is delicious, I will tell you from firsthand. It has actually previously been one of my two people 50 bucks before. Got yeah, it. Like, probably like three years ago. And this man can spit Four a yarn. Years. This man can talk. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> you, you ask him one question, and that ball of yarn just keeps on unraveling and unraveling in a very entertaining way. It's, a, it's like a, a ball of yarn with glitter all over it. <laughs> and uh, just to go back to soup, I do want to say for our best restaurants voting, I'm shocked on how you are all showing up for the soup category. It is amazing. There's over 43 different places that have been nominated for Just Soup. Did you know that? So our best restaurants uh, voting has now been announced. If you guys haven't gone on, go to SanDiegoMagazine.com. You can vote for your uh, favorite restaurants. The issue comes out every year. It's a... It's an annual city tradition. It's a good-natured competition. It's really just a way for us to, you know, shine a light on restaurants and talk about them all month long yep. in every aspect of what we do. We do that all, you know, every single month anyways, but this month is especially restaurant and culture heavy. We're going to be telling the stories of every mom and pop behind the restaurant scene, some of the icons that have kind of come out, the like biggest trends and everything else. But go on to SanDiegoMagazine.com, vote for your favorite, David's Soup Category. We're just going to call it David's Soup Category. I should change it in the back end of being like David's soup category. David's soup category because yeah. uh, this was not a category until David's love of soup became such a personal thing for all of us here at San yeah. Diego Magazine that we put it on um, the best restaurants voting and you guys can all name the best soup in the city. Definitely. And you can go to sdmag.com forward slash vote 2024 to do just that. Vote, vote, vote. Vote. And on that note, let's get into some news and notes around town. How does that sound? All right, news and notes. So this one's interesting to me for sure. I'm very, very curious about this one. Um, tough location. Yes, definitely tough location, but also Epic Brewing, who not only brewed uh, the San Diego Magazine Lager uh, quite a few years ago and podcast uh, alumni, um, they're opening a new location downtown right near Petco Park. 
Mm-hmm. So this is going to be going into the former Stone Brewing Tap Room location, 795 J Street, next to Petco Park. You know, if you're at Petco Park and you see the little the little league field with the Tony Gwynn statue up there on the hill, although they're changing that this year, well, they're doing what, that massive remodel. I don't know what will it look like now. I'm I like, have just, no idea. <laughs> I'm excited to see. That is that is a tough area. So that spot you'll know it because it's right next to it, and it was you know uh, Fairweather. Um, Fairweather was above it, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, Fairweather was above it. That was a consortium holding spot. It's a very tough location. It's There was um, Rare Form, I think, was underneath it. That sounds about right. Yeah, that was a like um, it was a Jewish deli concept. You know, because there's no street visibility, there's only Little League Park visibility. Epic is going to be going in there, though. I mean, Epic has obviously been... It was one of the like favorite breweries in San Diego. There's been an ownership change. The original, original husband and wife. And this next one I am passionate about because I do love me some barbecue. And if you care about cool restaurants that sometimes need a little help, Coop's Barbecue is definitely looking for some help. Yeah, they, I mean, they launched a GoFundMe. We've known that I've been watching Coop online for a while. If you haven't been to Coop, you know, it's that West Texas style barbecue. Um, and Bradley Cooper is his name. What a... What a <laughs> I know. I was like, Brad Cooper. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not the not same guy. Um, better barbecue with this man. Um, <laughs> and it's Coop is, you know, if you know bar, uh, barbecue in San Diego, he's been, you know, one of the best. Uh, you know, barbecue really in San Diego was kind of a half-assed scene for a long, long time. It's gotten so much better now. There's a lot of people that are doing it really, really well. Grand old barbecue, one of the best in the world. Love it. Um, but Coop, you know, out in Lemon Grove, uh, and he, you know, he's got his smokers out there. He had a chicken joint across the way with, that he co-owned with his daughter. They had to shut that down. But anyways, they're really struggling right now, and they just launched a GoFundMe asking for some financial help to get get them through like a really really slow time. So two things with this: uh, you go get yourself some good barbecue because yep. Coop is phenomenal. I, I actually really loved his ribs. You know, he, he does a brisket as well, but his ribs were some of my favorite. I'm always way more ribs. Yeah, rib all day. So good. So, um, and if you want to help out a, a restaurant tour that we all love and adore, and honestly, he's been a cornerstone of the barbecue scene for a long time, go check out their GoFundMe. Yes, we will link to it on the blog post uh, as well. And then, do we want to do one more? Or are we good with that? I think that's it, isn't it? There was Nat Diego. Oh, let's do that. Yeah. All right. Nat Diego. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wine is coming back to town, and it is all from here, and it is uh, natural. Yeah, so a Natty Wine Fest. So Natty Wine, which, you know, lo-fi wine, call it what you will, you know, has been, you know, emerging for the last five or six years. And there's been one person that's really spearheaded this, and that's Chelsea Coleman. You know, she owns... Um, the Rose. The Rose. The Rose Wine Bar was really where she started. Mabel's Gone Fishing is a restaurant that she just opened up in the last year, year and a half. Um, she started the Nat Diego um, Festival. We basically gather a bunch of natural wine producers and create like a you know kind of a, a crawl throughout the scene and kind of a celebration of some of the best natural wines it's going to be june 28th and 29th this year um she i should say actually that the people from vino carta were, were among the co-founders of nat diego which is the big festival um yeah past years have been at bread and salt uh, we're not really sure about the loca- location yet but they are going to be june 28th and 29th you can go on their instagram follow them for tickets it's a great event. Yeah, and uh, I like any event that involves wine. Yeah, even, me, even the San Diego Magazine events that involve wine. 
Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, Natty Wine used to suck, and it doesn't it was, suck anymore. It was crap. It was <laughs> crap. You know, I mean, if you using the kind of tricks and, and you know, stabilizers and everything else in, in like commercial wine, that worked for a long time. The first people that came out with the natural wine, it's like, wow, this tastes like arm hair. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. I'm getting subtle notes of feral, angry cat. <laughs> you know? It's so true. All right, and so if you listen to last week's podcast, this is where I make very uh, dramatic facial expressions <laughs> on telling you that Jackie puts up a blog post on San Diego Magazine uh, every week for this. And thank you, Jackie, for putting the news together for us this week. She is on assignment, mm-hmm. which is awesome, but so we thank you for that. And so there's a blog post put up on that. Then I also want to remind you as well, we do have our Taste of South Bay event coming up this Sunday. Yeah, I can't believe it's already here. Did you know that there's under 60 tickets left? Yeah, you guys, this thing is almost sold out, and it definitely will sell out this week. So if you're here, if you're listening to this, we've gathered a bunch of different restaurants, um, some of our favorite. It's going to be at Novo Brazil, which is in Imperial Beach, overlooking the bay, and it, you can see all five cities throughout San Diego: Coronado, downtown, National City, Chula Vista, and Imperial Beach. It's a beautiful, beautiful spot. I can't wait to see the sunset from there. Yeah, it's. I'm like, I've never seen it. It's like going to be awesome. Salt Drift Point is the other event space right next to it. It's, it's, it's gorgeous. And they basically share an outdoor massive, massive space on the water. So some of the restaurants that are coming, Tuetno, uh, Taqueria, which is one of my favorites. They're opening up in Chula Vista right now. They're going to be, she's going to be serving her uh, birria tacos. Uh, mm, cakes. Mm, we cakes. just had on. Oh my gosh. His cake is so dang good. It is so good. Mm, cakes is going to be there. I'm uh, excited about Poppy's Teppanyaki because you want to know it. Not only are they doing like teppanyaki there at the event you can get lobster in it oh nice i'm super excited about that yeah then we got white rice uh phil esteban Mm. is going to be down there he's going to be serving some of his uh grain bowls and they're going to have all kinds of you know drink vendors dessert vendors some uh are we having live music there is some live music i don't know if it's necessarily from our special guest okay gotcha sunny sunny sandoval from pod is going to be there um it's going to be his um his Nonprofit that does a lot of work for getting kids, you know, who are at risk into the performing arts called Youth of a Nation. They're going to be our nonprofit partner. Yeah. But so get your tickets at sdmag.com forward slash South Bay. I'm looking forward to it and we hope to see you guys all there. All right. So our guest today is <laughs> a larger than life personality. If, you, if you've been around San Diego's food scene um, for a while, you've met this man and you've smiled around this man because he, he just kind of has a, a effervescent personality that you, you can't get off of you when you leave him. Uh, he's, got <laughs> a lo- he's got a law degree. He showed Anthony Bourdain around Tijuana. He was t- one of Tijuana's most famed underground party promoters. He founded, did you found a professional basketball team, the Tijuana Zonkeys? I, I was the founder of a professional basketball team. It's still around, by the way. Uh, Tijuana Zonkeys. He's a, he was a fixer for international media. Did cannabis tours throughout San Diego. He's got a food truck, Corazon de Torta. It's always at fall brewing. Anybody who's been around North Park for a while knows that it's authentic abuela cooking since 2017. He's he's uh, run it. Chef Jose Figueroa. Uh, developed your original menu. Oh, yes. And we still do some of that stuff for special catering. And uh, Joe comes by and says hello and brings me that blue corn masa, but only for special events. Only for special events. All right. The number of times I've eaten at this food truck, I can't count on 
anyone's hands and toes in this entire room. I've eaten there that many times. We, we love being there. Uh, we love North Park and 30th Street. Everything that's happening there is amazing. It is amazing. So that uh, that voice that you hear and everybody that I, the man that I've been describing, Antonio Lay, a.k.a. Tony T. Welcome to the studio, brother. Hola, Troy. How you doing? I'm doing well. Dave. Good All to see you. All right. So obviously, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things here, um, but... You were grew or born and raised in the Bonita Chula Vista area. Correct. Well, you were kind of on the border, it sounded like, right? I'm I'm a Chula Vista guy. I was born right there at the uh, big hospital on H Street, okay. and uh, my parents are transfronterizos. My father, to the day, lives in San Diego and works in Tijuana. He does the counter. Yeah. So he leaves in the morning to Tijuana, where everybody's coming the other way, as we it's know. Kind of nice going against traffic. It is, and uh, not anymore because there's too much traffic on the way back and and uh but yeah my parents tijuana based and uh, raised us in san diego but always visiting grandma in tijuana oh yeah the uncles the aunts once i got to high school i was like hey i want to stay over here on the weekends because it's fun (laughs) (laughs) right packs of cigarettes two for one let's go (laughs) absolutely ninth grader doesn't want that oh no i I started going down to tijuana when i was uh 14 years old i had not hit puberty yet i sounded like this i was i was four foot eleven you know and i walked into peanuts and beer ordered a a, uh corona street yeah i know peanuts and beer peanuts and beer this would have been 1987 um i had a a government document uh you went downtown and you paid Twenty dollars, and you got this ID, which was not really an ID because it had a large line right through the corner, uh, the face of it that said, "This is not a valid government document." <laughs> but it was very different back then. And I want to talk. A, we're going to talk a little bit today about how the scenes have evolved, how the cities evolved, how the cultures have evolved. Chula Vista and Tijuana, which obviously you know a lot. Chula Juana, Chula Juana, which is I mean, it's a again a mega region, right? It is. It's huge. I mean, it's not even that border is just there physically, but it's not there culturally, right? Oh, of course not. Yeah, yeah. So it's, that's basically being... I picture San Diego and Tijuana as one big cultural marketplace. You know I mean? It's always... It's been that mega region. And I feel privileged to be here and have experienced life on both sides both of that sides border, border because it would be a shame if you were a San Diegan and you never experienced at least once in your life going down there to eat, going down there... We have things in Tijuana now that mirror what's going on here. You want to go have craft beer and craft food, and we've got that in Tijuana. We've got Absolutely. it all. Yeah. I have some friends from a brewery where I put the truck. Shout out to Pure Brewing, too. I parked there in North Park. Nice. And uh, they went the other day. At the beginning of the year, the first and second of the year, I said, guys, it's going to be real chill. Yeah. January 1st and uh, January 2nd. But I'll go down there with you guys, have a beer. It's like, I get there, it's like 5 o'clock. What have you guys been doing? Well, we went to this craft beer brewery. We went to this craft beer brewery. I said, time out, guys. You guys work in North Park. You and go to craft beer breweries, and that's what you're doing in Tijuana? I, I said, eh, let They're me show obsessed. you a little place called Tijuana Amsterdam. <laughs> and we went to this real famous place that's 420 friendly uh-huh. called Saka Sonapan. It's a classic bar that was in the red light district, but they moved it to 7th and Revolution area okay. right around there. You know, corruption prevails, and there's no smoking signs everywhere, and, and there's, there's pot a- everywhere, right? <laughs> right? And so these guys are already like, because they wanted to have signs a smoke, are to be right? ignored. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they and they, uh, and they see what's going on, and then there's a street performer that comes in. He's a charo, 
and he's got a lasso and he's doing a lasso job for tips inside the bar. And no both of the way. San Diegans told me this is much better than the craft. This is breweries. the best. Yeah. <laughs> this is the best day of and my life. Will wanna, the man please know? lasso me? <laughs> yeah. He was a very old man, and when I put the story up on my personal uh, IG story yeah. of the man. I had so he's still going at it. I had so many messages of people that recognize this old man because he's just like a street performer. Yeah, he goes to yeah. bars for tips. You don't see that in North Park too much. No, you don't. You know, I guess that's something. Again. And that's why I'm telling you that I feel privileged to have been able to experience this. Mm-hmm. Like you, Troy, I was out on Revolution at 14 years old. Yeah. I saw things that I will not repeat on the show <laughs> yeah. because you're a family man. But oh, yeah. but I saw things that I shouldn't have seen when I was 14 and 15. When I got back to my Catholic school, uh, San Diego High School, mm-hmm. Monday morning, they're like, what you guys do on the weekend? Well, like, our I mom can't talk about the it. movies. And, <laughs> and then I told them what I did. And they didn't believe me. They did not believe Wait me. Wait a minute. Is this why you became so... Again, your life, I mean, growing up on both sides of the border, really, but you became one of the biggest party promoters in, in Tijuana. Is, is this why? Because you tell, told people about your weekends, and they're like, <laughs> I want that weekend. I don't want to go watch a movie anymore. Yeah, no. I, uh, I finished high school here at what is now Cathedral, but then was University of San Diego High School. Uni? USDHS. I'm yep. a uni guy, class of 99. And I went straight to Mexico over by the Texas border, a big city called Monterrey for law school. Mm-hmm. Hooked up with some friends from Juarez and, and people and they were already rave promoters one of them shout out to Ricky my friend Rickster he at 19 <laughs> years old he had a nightclub he had a rave scene going on in Juarez he was very uh, entrepreneurial about it and uh, I'm not so good at uh, party business but I came back from college going let's throw raves in Tijuana <laughs> and I started bringing a lot of this like European house DJ kind of scene that was going on yeah mid 2000s so I did it for a longer time probably than I should have. I did. I felt the same way. I covered music for a long time and I lived in the Casbah five to six nights a week. And at one time at 32 years old, I looked around the room and I said, I am A, seven years older than anybody in this room. I look. I, I don't look like I do heroin or I'm pretending to do heroin. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I do not belong here anymore. And I, 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 I was on drugs. I was, I was on drugs. <laughs> I was a drunkard and I it was in the nightlife party scene. Yeah. Sure, we had some good shows and I met great people, but uh, I don't regret anything. But uh, no. I could have started a business in San Diego sooner than 37 years old. Because I was in the nightlife scene up to my mid-30s in Tijuana, yeah. where people are 18 and up. Troy, I was twice the age of people. Right. Shout right. out to my 45-year-old friend still uh, staying up all night in Tijuana. Their DJ careers are going as far as my professional tennis player career. But uh, uh, Yeah, there you go. I mean, that's the okay. way it goes. Okay, so you're in the nightlife scene. When was a a? What was it like back then? I mean, that you said that was in the '90s. I mean, how was it? I, mean, I started 2004, right when I got okay, back from college. Okay, got it. And uh, well, the first thing that's going to be different was I when I started, I didn't even really have MySpace or anything, so I was printing. 10,000 flyers in like a place called nextdayflyers.com. Yeah. And I'd have to go pick it up like in Long Beach and bring boxes of flyers to pass out hand by hand at shows, events, bars. And then the internet came and like, I remember there was a night at a place you mentioned before we started recording at the Multiculti, the uh, mm-hmm. the old abandoned movie theater in Tijuana in downtown. There's a lot of shows in conscious there over the years. I remember we had like eight or 900 tickets sold and I didn't print a flyer. I didn't make a poster. <laughs> it was all through MySpace. I was like, wow, 
this revolutionized wow. my life. I was like, this is easier. Mm-hmm. So that's the number one that's thing that's changed. Yeah. And of course, trends in music and what's hot and what's not. Yeah. That changes too. When was the day that you looked around the room? Uh, you know, a party scene, and I picture a little bit of like Studio Fifty Four, you know, uh, meets Studio Cincuenta Cuatro, uh, and the uh, that you were like, I'm done. That, that, that's it. I, I it, I was still somewhat promoted when I started the food truck at 37 years old. Okay. At this point, it was just like corporate gigs that they would pay me soulless. Yeah. Hey, it's a new beer, and we want a hundred people there, and give yeah. out the invitations, and I didn't get to pick it. I came from an underground scene, Troy. I would rent out an abandoned movie theater. I'd set up the audio. Mm -hmm. I'd sell the beer. I'd sell the cover. And, uh, you know, working for a beer company was so boring compared to that that I stopped and I I didn't make a lot of money being a promoter either. I partied so much. That's because you stopped right when the beer company started paying you. Yeah, but I didn't (laughs) want to have anything to do with that. And I was already doing this food truck scene. And, uh, you know... I don't regret my party time, but I wish I would have started a business in San Diego sooner, actually. I hear you. Because uh, it was a lot of long nights, man. I know, man. The body keeps score. The body keeps score. Yes, it does. Okay, so let's go back then. I know that everybody wants to talk about is Anthony Bourdain. You showed him around Tijuana. I did. Let's talk about that experience. I I understand. You get some shit. I've seen it online. You get some time. (laughs) (laughs) You get some shit of of where you took him. I understand that you got the call the day of or or day before. No, no, no. I uh, but it was a month before. Okay, got so, it. So uh, shout out to my friend Ivan Diaz, a guy from Tijuana, El Huero. Uh, he's a local filmmaker. But when I was sixteen, he was the singer of a punk band that I would bam B like B B E A M, and he would uh, I'd sneak into shows and watch him. Anyway, once I was a party promoter and stuff, he became a local filmmaker, and all these big shows they don't know where the hot tacos on every corner are or nope. you know so they outsource local filmmakers and crews that are in the industry to help them out and suggest things food and guides so ivan diaz this ex-punk rocker ex-nortec collective uh oh, ex-Nortec collective. visual visuals guy if you don't know well. nortec collective and excuse me i might be chewing a little bit i have some ramen in my mouth <laughs> um, i saw david um kind of like visibly like shake shake a little bit and it was whatever i'm chewing near the microphone um, Nortec Collective was, and it still is. They're, yeah, yeah, they're still around. So, I mean, when they came out in the early two thousands, yeah, think? that was right when they started really busting out. You know, it was, you know, I, it was a Tijuana dentist, you know, and a few of, of his DJ Ramon. buddies that were taking yeah. old. Um, uh, Banda Norteño Banda sound. Norteño. The Peso Pluma sound that is the most commercial sound in Spanish-speaking world now. Mm-hmm. Well, they were taking it and mixing it with techno yeah. in the early 2000s at these crazy parties. Tijuana's full of junkyards and stuff, and they'd throw parties like in Otay junkyards and yeah. stuff like that. Tijuana's junk everywhere. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and what you make with it and how you have a good time is all about it. So, yeah. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I, so I, that my is friend a- Ivan was part of that collective as far as visuals, and mm-hmm. he suggested that I be the local nightlife guide for Anthony Bourdain. So his production company called me. Mm-hmm. 0.0, I think it was called. Yep. A lot of those guys have written books after his death and stuff and sure. made movies and all of this. Uh, and they're like, yo, you've been 
They scripted where we took them. We took them through Las Ahumaderas. Oh, yeah. Which is a taco alley that's now, been around since the 50s. And now, now in San Diego, but yeah. not affiliated, by the way. Mm-hmm. They're oh. not affiliated. Las really? Ahumaderas, no. Tacos Frank, the, the ones that are coming to Plaza Bonita, yeah. those are affiliated. Okay. But the other ones kind of just grabbed the name, I think. Really? Shout out to the guys at Chula Vista that aren't affiliated. <laughs> Ahumaderas, they're still good. Solid. This is all, you know what? We have really good food down south, man. We have really good food. And, and I took them to Las Ahumaderas. And uh, Dandy del Sur, that's what was scripted. And then I took him across the street from Dandy to the Mescalera. Shout out to the Mescalera. 15 years old as of February 2024. That's a 15-year-old bar now. It was really what changed uh, the downtown Tijuana scene. Downtown Tijuana. And I I say it on the the Bourdain episode. Mm -hmm. I tell him, look, these guys had a lot of balls because during the midst of a narco war where people were shut indoors and nightlife was dying, these guys said, we're going to open up a little bar, Tony, just for Mm -hmm. us. And boom, guess what happened after that is that bigger businesses, oh, it's the small, cool guys do it first. And then here comes big business, and they invest. Well, the interesting thing about this, so we, we did a cover story on, I spent two weeks down in TJ, in Valle Guadalupe, and talked to everybody down there, you know, I mean, not everybody, but as many people as I possibly could that were really knew the scene, and I tried to be a conduit for their expertise in the, in the culture and what was happening. The interesting thing you mentioned about the violence, that was the one thing that was starkly relayed to me, was that the narco violence, and I think 2006 or 2007, when the tourists stopped going, Mm-hmm. That was what changed Tijuana. It changed Tijuana because it was no, they were no longer trying to cater to the dumb American tourist. They were cater, just created something cool for Mexicans, oh, cool for, sure. for Tijuanans. Locals. And, and, and that's, locals, and that's what you want. When I go to a different culture... It's kind of like reinventing nightlife. I mean, there's always been a thing for locals because there's always been people that live there, right? Yeah. But uh, to see that part of the city uh-huh. really... Well, the tourists were gone, so they yeah. <laughs> they had to reinvent themselves. And yeah. it's always the movers and shakers that do it first. Yep. And then here come bigger companies. And now if you go to Revolution in downtown Tijuana, it's thriving. Mm-hmm. Post-pandemic Tijuana is, one, more violent than ever. Yep. As ever. The numbers don't lie. Yep. And thriving economically and... You see the businesses everywhere. There's a bit of a gentrification thing going on there, of course. There's a bit of a San Diego and California are too expensive, and we got about 200,000 people Mm -hmm. crossing and working daily. But that really makes businesses thrive because if you've got people from the best-paid region in America living in your city, rents aren't cheap in Tijuana. No. If you want to live in a place halfway decent that's close to the border so you could commute, Mm It's, it's expensive. What happened post-pandemic? They started getting digital nomads, people that didn't have to leave home to yeah. work. And so yeah. if you make 100K and you're 30 and you live in TJ and you're single, how many coffee shops do you want to go to? Mm-hmm. How many nice new restaurants with neon signs do you want to go to? So it's visible. Yeah, There's a lot of that going on. Of course, it prices out a lot of the folks that make pesos for a living. So this is the same thing in any big city in Mexico and in any big city in the world. So, I mean, I want to live in La Jolla. Yeah, Troy. <laughs> but there's like dudes from Dubai that I have to compete with that have their apartments there, so I'm never going to be able to live in the. I just want one of those houses on the stilts overlooking the, the beaches in the. Just one, though, right? Just, just, one. just one. I don't want three. I don't want. I, I'm I'm being modest here. Uh, so going back to Bourdain, I don't want to just you know um, you know milk this his ghost by any means. You know, or, or that the. It's something that changed my life forever, Troy. Yeah. I've been on that show, Anthony Bourdain. I had written the show. 
Mm-hmm. No response. I had written him about, you guys want to go whale watching? You want to drink wine? You want to eat street tacos in this crazy culture clash of a city? I was pitching an episode two years before I didn't they called me. that. Oh, okay, good. Because I was like, you guys need to see this. Yeah. They never answered the email. And then one day I got an email, but it was because of this uh, local guy that it, suggested me. But Yvonne, yeah. I mean, I don't want to milk it either, but it's always going to be a part of my For life. Sure. And yeah. he... The reason I wrote him that initial email to the show was because it makes us feel like he cares and he knows us and mm-hmm. he had a very personal touch with the people. Yeah. And before I ever even met him, because we filmed two nights. One of them didn't make it to the show. Mm-hmm. The racetrack. We went to the Apodromo oh, racetrack. That's right. He was hungover, so was I, because we were on a we were on a sick one the night before yeah, in the right. downtown bars. <laughs> yeah. We hung out for like four hours and drank the whole time. The guy was a drunk. Yeah. The guy was a drunk. Yeah. But if you go drinking and then go to your five-star hotel and rest a little, you know. Like it's a little every, bit easier. It, it worked. Yes. It was work. The guy was a workaholic. Yeah. So I felt like he cared. I felt like he was genuinely interested in what was going on in my little crazy border town with a horrible reputation. Yep. And uh, he wasn't just there for the for, for I the started photo the shoot. food truck so Anthony Bourdain could come back. Mm-hmm. Check it out, because mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something right now. Off camera, he told me he didn't like San Diego. Mm-hmm. He told me it was too conservative and Republican really? in a military town. Yeah, and then he said it at some interview he did at the uh, Comic Con. Yeah. He said, where would you eat in San Diego? And he said, nothing against San Diego, but I'd cross the border and eat at Javier Placencia's mm-hmm. place. That's what he said on camera. Which the funny thing is, Javier is from Chula Vista. <laughs> or he's, I mean, well, he's, he's from he's both, from both. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, He's from both. I mean, Javier's family, I know them and restaurateurs and, you know. Tijuana becomes a very small place when you went to private school in San Diego. Yeah. You understand yeah, what yeah, I'm saying yeah, there, I Troy? Know, yeah, I absolutely. know all these people. Oh, that yeah. block is owned by them. That block is owned by them. Mm-hmm. My wife gives me a hard time. She's like, who are they? You think you know everybody? <laughs> you think you know everybody? Who are they? I'm like, I don't know everybody, but my parents are OG. Yeah. My parents grew up in Tijuana, so they met a lot of people. Yeah. Now, what about... We, we've talked a little bit about why, how Tijuana has changed. What about Chula Vista? I mean, we just did our South Bay issue. Obviously, you know, we invited you here because you you know that region so well. You know that neighborhood so well. You know, it's changing as well. They, they spent $14.2 million redoing Third Avenue, which I, I love. You know, it's... I love Third Avenue. Yeah, it's just, you know, it, it's got... I mean, you've got your quinceañera. Um, oh, you know, the quinceañera spaces. scene. Uh-huh. Oh, this is the quinceañera capital of San Diego County. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it's amazing. So in 2017, I opened up the food truck. Shout out to my friend Bubba Cortez, DJ Bubba. He's like, yo, I'm DJing at a new place called Chula Vista Brewery, and we need food trucks. Yeah. I was already at a Fall Brewing and Society. Yeah. Let's just say it's different demographics. <laughs> <laughs> the Chula Vista Brewery oh, scene consisted of... <laughs> the same thing that was going on at the quinceañera. DJs. It was loud. It was a line to get in. They had to get bouncers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Oh, my gosh. You know why? Because Latinos, we drink, we dance, and we fight sometimes. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> right, baby? So, <laughs> so it, was a, it was a bar you scene. live life right. out loud. And I would tell everybody, this is the most unique brewery in all the county yeah. because 
They weren't talking about the multi hops and blah, blah, blah. They weren't talking about any of that <laughs> shit. They were wearing high heels and dresses because their working class man was going to take them out to dance that night. Mm-hmm. They created safe spaces for people to do this without having to go to a nightclub elsewhere, you know? Yeah. Right in your neighborhood. I don't think they could do that anymore because they didn't have the cabaret licenses. <laughs> and it took two or three years and they got shut down for it, but... The scene was created. Yeah. Three yeah. punks. Shout out to my homies at Three Punks. I was yeah. at all those breweries since the get go. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Barcy Nombre. Yeah. And Big Tony, Tony and Barcy Nombre. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He used to be at Fall when yep. I started. Yeah. Uh, he's Chula Vista royalty, man. He's born and bred there too. So so he he's doing a great thing. And, yeah. and I was very proud of it because, man, Troy, I bought my first pair of Doc Martens. At a place called the Berlin Wall, and it was on Third Avenue. Yeah, and it was when it was kind of alive. It was happening, and then Third Avenue disappeared. Right, there and was we, nothing what, there. What time are we talking about right now? I'm talking probably the 2000s. There was nothing in the 90s. Yeah. I was a kid growing up. It was very active in the 2000s. Sure. Not so active, mm-hmm. and now with the breweries scene, amazing. The breweries active, brought it back, reinvigorated uh, restaurants, breweries. The quinceañeras are still there. Mm-hmm. Huge halls for these people come from all over. Yeah, and my my guy that works with me in the truck, he's he's a migrant. He's from Sinaloa. Yeah. Once he found out how much it cost for a quinceañera there, he asked me a question. He's like, "How come they don't just go to TJ and throw it there? They're gonna save a lot of money." I said, "Because a lot of the guests can't come back, brother." Oh right, man! Right, wow. Right. So there is a little bit of a predatory thing going on there because it's very expensive. They give you the dress. I mean, they're renting the places out. It costs a lot of money to operate in San sure, Diego. I sure. understand that, but yeah, but uh, it's <laughs> yeah. an amazing scene, and they have yeah. these. Well, there's a lot of like vintage shops that went away. Yeah. And uh, they that. became quinceanera dress mm-hmm. shops. It's like Cinderella on every, I <laughs> every know. window, you know? I know. So it's an amazing place. It's very yeah. unique. Yep. And it says Chula Vista all over. So I love it. Yeah. I, I don't park there anymore because it's, as far as the food truck, yep. it's it's street parking. Mm-hmm. And it's a problem. Yeah. Okay? I know. The, the village association doesn't like the trucks, and the restaurants don't like the trucks. And mm-hmm. this is Chula Vista and worldwide, right? Yeah. Wherever there's street vendors and established places. But it goes on a lot. It makes it hard for me. I do well in North Park. They have private parking. so You are an icon in North Park. I, I've been there yes. six and a half years parking weekly at least. During the pandemic with fall we were there four or five days a week how damn hard is it to work in a food truck oh super hard (laughs) (laughs) super hard so i mean everybody in san diego knows the food the food truck i mean and you you see it at fall you're having a couple beers you've got a little bit of a actually it's a very respectful north car uh, north park drinking crowd it is it's definitely respectful and it's like i feel like it's changed a little bit as well Mm -hmm. since like fall started it started and it was a little bit more like true like the diehard punks and now it's yeah. become like a little bit more of like a there's no diehard punks there yeah it's become a little <laughs> bit more fact, of a, yeah they're not in north park at all yeah but uh here's the thing they have a great local neighborhood bar yeah. scene yep yeah. and who lives there well there's a lot of different people that live there because there's a lot of people that work there there's a lot of people that stay there man that grew up in north park and they're like i live at my parents they still haven't sold it because they want to live in san diego and they Trapped in paradise kind of thing. They can't sell it because yep. they can't afford anywhere else. Yeah, I know. But, right? uh, 
But uh, Trapped it's in an paradise. interesting crowd, and what's happening there? Shout out to Fall and Dave and everybody there, yeah. because look what's happening across the street. That giant complex. There's there mm-hmm. we're, I'm surrounded by them. I'm talking 500 apartments are coming to 30th Street mm-hmm. from El Cajon to Adams, mm-hmm. just on 30th. Am I going to sell some tortas? Yes. You're going to sell some tortas. Yes, I yeah. am. Are they going to sell beer? Yes. But it's because of these guys that start these local cool bars, breweries, and then the big guys come, right? Yeah, the developers. Sure. So, yes, there's a little bit of that of a change of demographics in both in both cities. Yeah. In both, you know, well, Tijuana, all three. Of course, Tijuana, Chula Vista, North Park. You know, and I guess it's a natural life cycle of anything, right? You know, and this is it's a natural life cycle of you know, careers even, you know, like you're the young punk writer, you're the young punk, you know, promoter. And then you kind of get, you, you get, you go with a beer company, you know, and a young person's like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to do this indie thing over here. It's a natural life cycle that you kind of, you know, grow big, you get replaced by the next incoming generation. It's the you movers know, and shakers that do it. And you find a different part of the city. The movers and shakers find the other part of the city. Something will become the next North Park. Of course. Right? You know what I mean? It always does. Yeah. I I can't believe there's parts of San Diego that are still undesirable for people to move in there if they're coming out of town. But what's going to happen when San Isidro and the industrial parts of Chula Vista, like Main Street, that has a lot of apartments around there. What's going to happen when people, oh, you have views of Mexico and we put a coffee? Like, where's the working class going to live? Like El Centro or something? Like, I know. Like, it's getting expensive around here, Troy. It's getting expensive around here. Even those neighborhoods. Are not that cheap anymore. I know. Nowhere I mean, is. I we went to New York City. I took the family to New York City in December. Said hi to my friend. Shout out to Mel Rico living in Queens, Astoria. She moved to Mexico City. Had two kids. You know that's like the ninth shout out that you've done on this. I was going to say that's a solid <laughs> shout out. I love the shout outs. I told myself that I'm great. shouting out today before I got here. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, that's I'm a sign shouting of, out everybody. That's a sign of a friend and somebody who builds a, a network of, of human beings. Yes, that's what life's all about. Yeah. My, San Diego's so expensive, Troy, that... Uh, Let's keep shouting them. That, uh, you went to New York. Shout out. My friend <laughs> lives in a story, and I see a lot of uh, pictures of her parents in her stories. Mm-hmm. Said, Your parents come from Tijuana all the time. She's like, fool, my parents rent out their two-room in Tijuana that they own for... 1900 and living queens in a two room for 1700. What they had to get jobs, obviously, but but she that's how that's how expensive San Diego is. That there's yeah. three or four nice neighborhoods in TJ, they're more expensive than Texas and yeah, it four is. boroughs of New York. How about that? Yeah, no, it is. I it's mean, crazy, it's crazy. So, Tijuana, I love it, it's changing. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. The old stigma of Tijuana is still there. Yeah. Mess around and you will find out. Yep. But definitely, if mm-hmm. your friends, San Diegans, shout out to all San Diegans, Dave. Every San Diegan. That's you, Troy. That's San me. Diegans. That's if your friend ever from Chula Vista says, hey, we're going to go visit my aunt in Tijuana, or hey, we're going to go have tacos, or hey, mm. we're going to go to a bar, go with them. Yeah. Go with them. It's safe. If you want to go buy crack, you're going to get in trouble. <laughs> right. You want to go have a beer with people you know? It's safe going. enough. It's safe Definitely enough. Definitely safe and enough. And that's, you know, uh, we did, 
everybody when I was doing the cover story um, on Baja, you know, said, "Oh my God, are you are you, you feel safe going down there?" And I'm like, "I did the crime st- um, statistics analysis. Um, Seventeen U.S. cities at the time were more, had more violent crime than Tijuana. You know, you don't if you go to Chicago. It's not like there's a bad part of Chicago, right? That you right. don't go onto that street. You know what? Stay out of that neighborhood. That's right. not your spot. You're begging for trouble. It's like every single city. You don't say, "I'm never going to Chicago because that's really." really right. violent you, know, you go you don't say the same thing about Tijuana you, yeah, go, you go to, to Chicago and get involved in the drug trade right. it becomes very <laughs> dangerous right if you go to a Cubs game or whatever yeah, yeah alright I mean I figure it's like that in a lot of parts of the world yeah Tijuana has a bad reputation but sometimes it lives up to its reputation I'm not gonna lie but just like know. any other place you gotta know where to go and with who yeah so okay, talk to me about Corazon de Tora. Uh, you when you started it, you got Chef Joe, uh, obviously a great way to partner because his incredible chef from Tijuana. Mm-hmm. When I met him, he was just this young Bambi-looking kid with these big eyes, and and <laughs> and, uh, and now he's a well-established thirty-something-year-old, yeah. one of the best in the city. His new restaurant, shout out to Joe and La Carmelita, you gotta go. Carmelita is pushing mm-hmm. the envelope of what Mexican. Dining is and Carmelita is down in Telefonica, right? Car- Carmela's his grandma. Okay, he opened up his food truck called La Carmelita. He closed from Telefonica. Okay, and he now has his own restaurant on top of uh, downtown TJ in a neighborhood called Independencia. Independence. Okay, La Carmelita. You'll Google it. He's bringing different kinds of uh, uh, maize, masa. How do yeah. you call this? Oh yeah. From Central Mexico, nice. artisanal tortillas, the real deal. Okay, and nice. uh, it's just he's a he's a chef with a trained chef that's doing it Mexican style. He loves it. It's his. It's him all over. I think I, I think you sniff out talent. This kid talented. was a, this Bambi eyed little kid with tacos in his brain. Right. You know, you, you sniffed him out, and he became a really good thing. I think that you needed to be an agent when you. That's what you should have done with your. I, I managed DJs in my in my drugged out rave era. Okay, all right. <laughs> I mismanaged uh, I DJs' mismanaged. careers. <laughs> so the mismanager of careers that's going on the resume and the LinkedIn. Um, so with your food truck, what was the idea? I mean, obviously, um, tortas abuela food. You've called it well because we called it that because. Because Joe named his truck after his yeah, his grandma. Yeah. His grandma was Carmela Carmelita, so we were uh, authentic abuelita cooking. Now my menu changes a lot, sure, because six seven years down the line, it's mostly me being the prep cook, social media manager, cashier, mm-hmm. line cook, yeah. waiter, mechanic. Mm-hmm. Oh jeez, name yeah. it. Food trucking is hard, yep. and I've been every single thing that you got to be there. Uh, Joe started with me, then he kept going to Telefonica. He was at the Insurgente breweries in oh, Tijuana yeah. for a while. He had the kitchens there. He really worked hard to open up his open-air, beautiful uh, Carmelita restaurant that he has now, yeah. and um, he's doing great. He's doing great. He's got it packed, I think. That, but I love how I asked you a question about your food truck, and you, you went back to Joe. You're like, well, no, no, no. It's all about Joe's place. We're going to pimp out your restaurant. You're going to let me, your, your food truck. My food truck's been going for seven years. Cinco de Mayo will be our seventh okay. year operating. Yeah. I'm going to invite Joe. I hope he can, because Sundays he's busy at Carmelita, yeah. and Chef Rob Stryker from The Friendly to do something. Nice. Uh, they're going to collab. They did it last year. They made like croquettes with birria balls inside, fried birria ball croquettes, amazing stuff. Uh, they work well together. They're party guys, and since yeah. we're always at breweries, they 
Tony, we need some beer. We need some beer to work in here. And uh, <laughs> jugs and jugs of beer. They love it. Uh, now let's talk about your tennis career. This is what I want to talk about next. Because you're actually in the South Bay issue right now. I'm in the South Bay I, issue. Yeah. And I want to thank you guys. First of all, shout out to Jackie Bryant. Jackie Bryant. Now, wait, uh, I call her Weta because, <laughs> you know, she's blonde. And that's what we call people. But here's the thing, Dave. Any taquero in Tijuana goes, how many going to be, Weta? Even if you're dark as the night, he's going to call you Weta. <laughs> so that's just a thing that... that, that Taqueros do, right? Uh-huh. So I'm a taquero. I get to do that yeah, absolutely. now, right? Mm-hmm. So shout out to Weta, Jackie Bryant. But thank you guys for doing this uh, this issue. It means uh, a lot uh, to me as yeah. a, as a Amazing. Tijuanense, as a San Diegan, as a Chula Juanense. Mm-hmm. It means a lot to me because the idea and perception of this town, it's not all SeaWorld. It's not all La Jolla. Mm-hmm. South of downtown, we have... An amazing and vibrant food scene. Huge. One of the most unique cultural scenes that I talk to immigrants all the time and they tell me about their food. Our neighbors, Joe, uh, they're from Ghana. Yeah. Great people. Shout out to Joe and Valentina from Ghana. <laughs> yeah, Joe. Our neighbors. Uh, I told them, imagine if you had Ghana 15 minutes away. I told I them, That's what we have. Yeah. We have this amazing thing. So you guys doing this and, and shining a light on everything that's going down on there. There's more than the, than the, oh, what the episode sure. could cover. But you guys did a great job on it, and Thank just you. doing it yeah. is—you didn't have another La Jolla shoreline cover. You know what I right. mean? It's not only about no. selling real estate around here. There's a real cultural thing happening, and it's good a magazine like you guys covered and it. So. It, it felt really good. At the end of the day, all we're doing is we're being a conduit for experts, the people that actually live there. You know, we have a platform. You know, it's not about what we think about it. It's about what you think about it. It's about the Tony T. You know, I will just give you the, the megaphone. I'll put that microphone in front of your face. I mean, you tell me <laughs> what we'll was never really shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Knows. I had to marry a quiet woman. I'm sorry because uh, <laughs> I talk enough for like three couples. His wife, Melissa, is down at the end of the table. I'm being very um, quiet and, and balancing out the chi in this room for sure. we got two very, very loud human beings here. And look at She's just smiling. She's like, oh, yes, this is my life. I know. Um, yeah, our, our wives definitely balance this out. The... Um, uh, what else did I want to uh, talk to you about? We're talking about the tennis, right? Oh, we're talking about tennis. Okay, back, so, back to tennis. So you, okay, so... You I am a taquero who is the founder of a tennis club now. I know. And uh, legit, we have 50 to 60 members. So here I am on the trolley going from t- pre-pandemic. I lived in Tijuana. Mm-hmm. We moved back to San Diego March 1st, 2020. Before all the caca hit the fan. We moved back to San Diego March 1st, 2020, because Melissa had gotten a job. It was impossible to commute. With Our baby was young. Yeah. And so we moved back to San Diego. But during that whole time, this is why I wanted Anthony Bourdain to come to my food truck. And it's the reason I started the food truck. I wanted him to see the working class of Tijuana on the blue train. Yeah. The working class of San Diego, San Diego's hospitality. A lot of the people that clean these hotel rooms mm-hmm. and a lot of the people that do these gardens and serve you your food in this beautiful downtown area that I can see cannot afford to live here. Yep. And the blue line at five or six o'clock is just full of working yep. class people going back to Tijuana, mm-hmm. taking back hard earned dollars and tips. Yeah. To live maybe a better life in Tijuana with a lot of sacrifice. Yeah, with a sure. lot of sacrifice. Crossing the border is another job. Absolutely. So that's a double shift every day. Yep. So everybody's working class and I'm on this train 
And there's a guy in Wimbledon whites with his hair long and he shines like this with a tennis bag. And I'm like, you just You're became the cover a of a romance coach. novel. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> he's just a short, like Fabio, this guy, right? And, and a shout out to Coach Vidal, my first tennis coach ever. Yeah, coach. And I told him, you're a tennis coach, obviously. He's like, yeah, I live in TJ. I cross. I said, well, I want to learn how to play tennis for my family. Pandemic comes. I see him at the park by our house, Chula Vista. He's, he's a park hustling uh, coach. And yeah. so he's like, give me your number. I'll give you classes. I start taking classes so my little girl could see an athletic, active father, right? Right. Well, let's talk about the back back end of this. I mean, look, you'd been in the in the nightlife scene. You'd been in the party scene. You know, you you'd gotten over uh, overweight. To Forty a point. pounds more than I am now. Right. Right. A drunkard, mm-hmm. and uh, I got sick with ketoacidosis, di- uh, diabetic ketoacidosis. It almost took me out. I spent five nights in a Tijuana hospital. Yeah. Because I had a five hundred blood sugar mm-hmm. rating or whatever it's called. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like the lobby of a diabetic coma is what? The li- lobby the, of a diabetic that's coma. That's what the yeah. uh, doctor told me. So five mm-hmm. nights I spent there, I got out. I lost a lot of weight because I didn't even eat anymore. Right. But then I started playing tennis and I started taking classes. Coach gets a job at a club that I'll not name and I go there. He's like, come hit some balls with the club members. You're learning how to play. Tennis mm-hmm. is hard, Troy. You know, you told oh, me yeah. tennis. Tennis is hard. The great Martina Navratilova said it takes two or three years not to suck. Yeah. yeah. And I still suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to his tennis club and I did not like the ambiance. This old man sits down to me and the f- next to me and he, the first thing he says, you know, that Serena should be playing with the men, right? I'm like, why? Oh my gosh, <laughs> why, really? bro? Why are we having, like, why is that? You couldn't say hello? Like, I told right. coach, I don't want to come to your country club, coach. Mm-hmm. I don't feel comfortable. I here. want you to come down here in Chula Vista where you give me classes anyway yeah. and uh, I'll get some friends that hang around the food truck, Mexican-American, some of them play, some of them don't. And you'll do a class for us. Me being the kind of guy I am, I get a nice logo done. Um, <laughs> I do an IG page for it. Yeah. That was a year ago. Yeah. Summer came around, 50, 60 people. I have an all-women's class called Ella Volea Sola. She volleys mm-hmm. alone. It's a pun on the, uh, on the Bad Bunny song, Ella Perea oh, oh, Sola. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, shout out to... Beppy Doll, Angela from Fall and Brewing, a great artist. She made this shirt. This nice. is another event we did called Club Raquetas versus the Martians. Shout out to the Martians. There's these two twin brothers. Uh, their dad is a well-known guy around town, and they're like tennis protégés. And I've seen them on the internet. And I'm like, why don't we get these two 12-year-old kids to teach all these middle-aged Latinos a <laughs> class in tennis? And so Angela awesome. did the thing. We did an event called uh, Club Raquetas versus the Martians. 40 people came to it. You get the shirt, you get the class, right? So I I sell the shirt, you get a free class. Amazing the people that we've met and done. And so now I have a website. I actually made an LLC for this thing yesterday. We're the only Latino tennis club in town. Yeah. All these women that come to the uh, Monday nights, I asked them, how many times in your life have you been invited to play tennis? This is it, they mm-hmm. say. This is it. Yeah. The pickleball's growing, guys. Yeah. The pickleball's <laughs> growing, up. and it's completely threatening the existence of this sport, I yeah. swear. Yeah. Because tennis is hard, and pickleball's is. easy, yeah. and it's like you can drink a beer and talk to people mm-hmm. while you're playing pickleball almost. And yeah. tennis, you really got to take some classes, and you know. Yeah. It takes a while to develop. 
So yeah, and as a Latino man, you went to, the, to that country club and you're like, I don't really fit in. It does. I don't. I, I don't there feel was other Latinos there. I'm not a country club guy. It's not. It's a tennis club. It's not even a country club. But yeah. I rather. I create my own bubbles. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to be in my club? <laughs> and that's what I do, man. And, and, and we make it fun because a lot of the tennis academies around town are like, you got to be the champion of the next thing. No, no, no. no fool. Like, we can have beer after yeah. we play. Yeah. It's a lot of middle-aged Latinos. Some mm-hmm. people cross the border to take our tennis classes. Where exactly is it located? We do it in public parks in Chula Vista. Mostly okay. Turnover nice. where I live. Yeah. But, uh, You're a pop-up tennis club. We're a pop-up tennis club. Yeah. yeah. I, I wrote a couple of uh, junior colleges to see if they want to give me their, rent me their space, but I haven't gotten an answer, but I'm growing out Attention, the Attention, junior colleges. Yeah. Shout, shout out. out. Southwestern College, actually. <laughs> shout out to uh, my people at Southwestern College, also known as Harvard on the Hill. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I am. it's my passion project turned into side gig. Well, and it's for your daughter. And it's for your family. It's for my daughter. Yeah. yeah. We hooked up with a guy that didn't want to give us the courts, mm-hmm. and I actually ran out the courts from the city. Tony, this cholo doesn't want to get off the courts. And I'm like, all right, I go talk to this man. He's with his family. He's with another guy. Like, homie-ish, you know, but nothing. And I told him, bro, I actually ran to the court. He's like, don't clown me. Show me a receipt. I showed him a receipt. And like a gentleman, he gave me the courts. And then he hit me up on the the tennis Instagram. And he's like, yo, I actually really love tennis. It's changing Mm -hmm. my life. He used to get in trouble and stuff. Yeah. So he's like, but I really can't afford a class. And I got kids. To make a long story short, I hooked up with them and we're starting a junior program that's going to give kids free classes. Nice. nice. And it's going to be all in Chula Vista. We're taking donations for it. I was able to find two young ladies. Shout out to Naomi and Thelma. 21-year-old girls. Thelma's from Working Class San Isidro. Scholarship to PLNU. Mm-hmm. Tennis scholarship. Nice. Oh, wow. And uh, Coach Naomi kind of like... She was a protege. Her sister is at University of Arizona on a scholarship, but she kind of like left tennis. Yeah. She was like, because the pressures, they weren't even in real school. They were just tennis players. Yeah. And uh, she left it. I see her one day on these courts and I'm like, yo, I need a Spanish speaking woman that could give tennis classes. Mm -hmm. Boom. We have these two great girls. Awesome. That are tennis coaches and the ladies they love it when you... Sp- Nobody's really trying to teach my people tennis in their language with their music. Yeah. With, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah. People say, oh, tennis isn't popular amongst Latinos because you got to go to Point Loma to play it. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, what, do you, what do you mean it's not for your... Th- it's so true. You, well, they like, don't, you, you create something. Like you said, your bubble. Or you think of it like a living room. You know, what would a Latino home, you know, that, that my friends, you know, uh, my friend's living room feel like? What's the music like? What's the environment like? What's the language like? What's the vibe like? What's the, you know, um, a lack of pretension over seriousness, you know, kind of kind of put the fun back in and take some of that pretension out. Right. You know, uh, there's there's that element of tennis, and yeah. we make it fun. Our uh, our slogan, our lo- slogan is uh, tennis, mm-hmm. cotorreo y comunidad. Tennis is tennis. Cotorreo is fun. Yeah. Cotorreo is chatting. Cotorreo is a party. Yeah, cotorreo is yeah. kicking back, hanging out. And then comunidad, because we actually want to leave a mark in our community. Yeah. We did a, not a toy drive, but a, we took down stuff to the uh, migrant shelters in Tijuana. Yeah. Uh, people say the American dream is dead, Dave. But in Tijuana, there's people escaping third world nightmares. They very much believe in yeah. the American dream. And right. they just want to come here. Exactly. Amazing. And so 
Tijuana is the modern day Ellis Island. And so at yeah. the club, I said, we're going to have a Christmas party, ugly sweater, blah, blah, blah. All the regular BS from probably any other tennis club. But what did we do? We took donations, warm clothes, everything. And we took it down there to the nice. migrant shelters. Awesome. And it's what we could do. Our new program is going to be for kids that can't afford tennis classes. Yeah, it's yeah. It's like $200 sometimes. And like, I know. We're going to do it via donations. And Coach Naomi, she was under the wing of the greatest Mexican tennis player ever, former number 36 in the world. Shout out to Angelica Gabaldon. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, Coach Naomi took classes from the former number 36 in the That's world. That's awesome. We're going to pass that on to some kids. Yeah. And if they could learn how to play tennis and be fun, and if one of those kids plays on the tennis team in high school, or if one of those kids can get Mm-hmm. A scholarship, like one of our coaches does. Yep. Then my work here is done. Yeah. And if one of them wins Wimbledon, and we sell twenty I, million I, I, rackets, I, I, I want to be your representative. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, last so I, I'm going to pimp you out one more time. I love all these stories, and I love um, the, the the racket club, I mean the, the tennis club. Um, I love your stories about you know taking Anthony around. About or my shout outs. Your shout-outs shout are phenomenal. Part. All shout right, shout out to Fox Rocks, baby! Woo! Oh my god, yeah, yeah. so funny. That's where I know you from. It's so crazy. For those of you guys who don't know, I, I hosted an underground <laughs> music show for seven years, and it was actually it was broadcast down in Tijuana. It was because so, six was uh was a channel six was. Mm-hmm. See nowadays, kids in Tijuana got Netflix and they could put Spanish on it. Yeah. Our daughter does it. Our daughter yeah. changes. She's five years old and she changes the uh, language the on language. the streaming yeah. services. Huh. But back in the day, no, everybody's English teacher was Fox, <laughs> Fox. Six Channel Six, <laughs> and their antennas were based out of uh, the crazy. The right. antennas were based down in Tijuana. Yeah. So the craziest thing was we hosted this underground music show, and I give you a brief synopsis of a, of a year-long conversation um, basically this was before internet radio came out I was the music editor of an alternative weekly I get 300 CDs across my desk a month 80% were crap mainstream radio was the only outlet they could only play 1% so it was this magical 80 to 99% of like great bands that would play Coachella Modest Mouse all this stuff and the, I convinced started, the noon yeah. news studio to let me bring in the bands. We had Maroon 5's first ever television performances on that show. We had Peaches, TV on the radio, Brandy Carlisle, whatever. Anyways, the point is, at the Casbah, I would go to the Casbah, and I lived there about five nights a week. And you know, people would come up to me and go, yeah, I know where you are. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, if, you know, get lost. You know, and they're just so snobby <laughs> to me. And I totally understood it. You know, I wasn't like a, the prototypical hipster. I was kind of like this, you know, kid who played tennis, you know, I kind of looked like a, I don't know, a, a bro, I guess. I, I, I wasn't trying to look like a bro. It was just kind of my vibe. Um, my admissions. And then I, we, we did a month down in Tijuana and we went, went to the Tijuana music scene and we dedicated a month of shows down there. When we got down there, it was like, I mean, a mob. It was a mob, and people were so genuinely thankful. They were just crowds formed around us. Like the widow from TV. We've been watching this guy. I mean, literally, we had to like. uh, It was a little bit intimidating because there was a fifteen, twenty, thirty people deep of like you know just being like, and they were just. This is what I love about. And I don't know if this is true about across every single person. You can't, you know, just generalize every single person in the culture. But what I do love about, you know, um, Latino and Mexican culture is that it was just a, just a genuineness to it. Of a, I, I'm going to show you my emotions, man. Sure, like, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not too We're proud. very emotional. We're not uh, British. I'm we, not too we, proud. We, uh, we show yeah, our emotions. Like, I appreciate what you do in music. And I was like, people appreciate things? <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Again, I'm going to... Um, the, the cultural difference is my shout out to Mario, the guy that's been working with me for a long time. Uh, when he would go to the breweries in North Park, he's like, this person is drinking a beer and on his laptop? 
<laughs> didn't understand. He wanted somebody to bring him like a little, bring you a beer in one of those like little things that are on fire, one of those yeah. nice, it's a nightclub, a bottle service. Yeah. Because to, to, to Blow a lot a whistle. of people going out, yeah. that's what it is. But I'm like, he's not going out. He's finishing some work from right. home, having a beer. He's not exciting. He's quiet. He doesn't show his emotions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Give me half an IPA and woo! I'm loud. That's why I don't drink, Dave. That's why I don't drink. <laughs> kick me out of North Park for good. I think I know what my dinner plans are tonight, though. I know. Come on over. Right. We're making it. So, but back to the food truck, Corazon de Torta. Um, what is Which your is fa- a pun on a name. The from, heart of the sandwich? Well, the heart of the sandwich, yes, that's what it means. It means heart of sandwich. But really, the business started out on 25th and Commercial at my wife's family's a muffler shop. Mm-hmm. I did a great job right by the trolley station and I did a great job with everything that was decorated and it looked like a muffler shop uh, taco truck place and when we wanted the name there was a place in Ensenada there was a Valle the Valle de Guadalupe is fancy Diego Hernandez Corazon de Tierra shout out to Diego Hernandez Corazon de Tierra so what I thought was like we're not fancy 25th and commercial skid row bro (laughs) skid row And, and the torta in Mexico City this is the cheapest thing you could eat. Sure. So I said, instead of corazón de tierra, corazón de torta. Yes. It was a pun. It was a pun. It was meant to be funny. I don't think they thought it was that funny, but Diego doesn't carry clothes that he has like 10 other spots now. He's going to be Diego's fine. Diego's doing okay. I have to still be in that truck. Right. I still have to be in the truck. Call me in July when it's 190 degrees inside my truck. Oh, like, my God. It's it tough. When you ask me, is it hard? Yes. It is. It is. It is hard. It's still squeaking out a semi-middle-class living for me in this town, yeah. so I still yeah. am doing it, but whoo, whoo. if anybody wants to give me lots of money for being a Latino tennis club director... Yes. I'll do it. Your hair is fantastic. I think you've got growing. it. It is growing. You've got that tennis ponytail here's, going here's, on. This, here's what's happening. I'm graying, right? So I got to <laughs> Tell me about it. I feel I still look like a semi-hip. Maybe I don't. But, <laughs> you know, I look like a guy. I have a man bun, something that I didn't ever think I'd have. But once it completely grays, I do not want to be Grateful Dead Bro with a I white know. ponytail. So I'm not... <laughs> If I can have it long while it's still semi-black, I'm going to have it long. I hear you. And then I'll like George Clooney, Andy Garcia, you know, I'll be like I, that I, later you, on. You right? are. He's laughing at me. Look at the, the, that. The, yes. My wife's Melissa, laughing at me. Oh, his beautiful wife is laughing at him currently <laughs> in her office. Um, that's what my wife does to me constantly. <laughs> uh, and, but the favorite thing to order, though, like so at Corazon, I want to go see you fall, pure brewing, um, North Park. What am I ordering? What's I'm the, always rotating specials. So I've got your... Basic B menu, carnesada, al pastor, yep. chicken, and it's all good. And then I'll throw in a, a different um, a special every week. Could be carnitas, could be beef birria. Um, but we, what is the one thing you know that you do? That, like You're like, this is the best. Like, I, we do, I do a thing with Joe. I don't make them as much, but I do a meatball chipotle torta. Okay. So mm. think of a, like an Italian. That was on the debut menu, I think, right? It's been on a lot of shows, yeah. It's, <laughs> been, on a, it's been on a show that... Chef Claudio Sandoval recommended us for. I think no, it was sure. called The Best Thing I Ever Ate. Okay, I've done that show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We were on that show with Chef okay. Claudio. So it's just like a meatball sandwich, but instead of uh, instead of marinara, we're doing a chipotle, yeah, a chipotle sauce. Okay. So we make that very well. I make carnitas very well. People love my crispy potato tacos, tacos dorados de papa. This mm-hmm. is just like your common street food in Mexico. But They're uh, delicious. People like it there a lot. <clears throat> so... Uh, 
Okay. Yes, I cater to the demographic sometime, and I make a lot of carne asada, <laughs> and I make carne asada nachos, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, even Pearl Jam's got to play alive, man. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough. It really is tough. Shout out to everybody that works in a kitchen. Shout out to all the people that work in kitchens and go back to Tijuana every day, but... It's really tough to run a kitchen for yeah. me to be the prep cook. So sometimes carne asada is easier for me, you for know, sure. because it is, it's easier. I make all my salsa from scratch. You don't want to do a twelve. To, uh, I make chili station menu. Serranos, you can come to me and get some carne asada tacos. Then I'll grill up some serranos with onion, okay, put some okay, salsa okay. maggi on there, mm-hmm. and lemon chili storiados. It's like the little side dish. All right, all right. That's what all right, so that's authenticity. What, so that's what you're gonna order. Those little like little extra things that Tony does down at Corazon. The torta. Um, thank you for coming on. Thank the, you guys. The next question we have is two, two people, people 50, bucks. 50 bucks. Yes. I don't know what that means. So okay. basically, <laughs> all it means is uh, where do you like to go eat? Okay. <laughs> Recommend us someplace. Yeah. Which I think you were already telling me. I went the show. to a place today that its line was so long that I had to get out of the line. I like supporting food trucks. I really do because I own one. That's a good, that's a good and, call. And uh, we eat a lot of convoy. Yeah. We eat a lot of Asian. Yeah. Uh, but me, right now, I'm going to tell you, 3rd Avenue and Main Street in Chula Vista, there's a little red beat-up food truck called Cholo Tacos, like the soccer team. Mm-hmm. Cholo with an X, as in the Aztec hairless dog, the uh-huh. Cholo Squinkle, and not the Cholo Cholo. In <laughs> <laughs> the Lolo. Yeah. It's like you're in TJ. Cholo Tacos is like you're in TJ. They smell like TJ from far away. It's delicious birria. Uh, there's a long line always. They're there seven days a week. The guy has like 15 taco stands in TJ, so he knows what he's doing. That's what I'm eating right now. All right. Not Cholo Tacos, 3rd Avenue, mm-hmm. or, on Main Street. 3rd and Main. 3rd and Main. Yeah. Okay. Love it. David? So I kind of did, I, I kind of broke three San Diego magazine rules when okay. it comes to going out to eat. Uh just uh, like, because when you go to do your food reviews, you don't go for like a month. So mm-hmm. I went to a restaurant a week after it opened. Okay. Uh, the second rule I broke was um, I made uh, reservations for Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And Be then, careful with that. Yeah. And then the third, <laughs> the third rule I broke is that I went to the new restaurant on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so it's got to be Finca. Oh yep, it is. So I had to, I had to go try it out, see what the hype was. I live a few blocks away, and I'm like, had to go and. I am absolutely blown away, like in a weekend, how put together they are. Where is it, this? Where? Finca. It's on oh, North heard, Parkway yeah, yeah. and uh, like right across from Tribute Pizza. Right across from Tribute Pizza. Yeah. This is, I mean, they, these guys have a pedigree. They worked at Juniper and Ivy. They, I mean, they've been in the industry a long time and they're doing a really good operation. Definitely. Like so good. But so um, a couple highlights, I would definitely say, like just like getting the tingly olives was super good. It just has a little Szechuan in it. So good. Mm, but I was spice. so blown away by the cauliflower. It's with this miso cream. And you'd swear there's a cheese in there and there's no cheese. Like it like just had this amazing like mac and cheese kind of feel. Miso cheesy is miso. a thought I've had in my head for a long time. So. <laughs> uh, we got the sun chokes as well. And then the other thing that I was really impressed with was the um, they do these uh, pork balls that have a maple soy like uh, uh, mayo with it and like I put maple and soy in basically mm. every kind of dish that I make like it's like my spirit animal but then they um, put uh, the um, uh, what's the fish that you put like the little flakes of it uh, bonito flakes on it uh-huh. so it was really them trying to do like a takoyaki like okay. uh, the squid balls super blown away got a wine uh, they do, did a uh, house made um, 
a, 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 a drink that I'm forgetting the name of. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very good. And I was actually shocked because it was actually really affordable. We got like four or five tapas things and each got a glass of wine and it was basically 75 bucks. All right. It's not bad at all. Yeah. yeah. So Finca is definitely. A- I think my food truck might be a little like on par. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, it's getting, you know, food is expensive now. It is so expensive. I don't even know what to think when I sit down now. I, I know, know, man. I mean, it look, Phil Esteban told me the story about his eggs. He said, I would buy, I was buying them for $19 a case. I buy them for 100 now. It's, I mean, it's crazy. And you got to pass that on at some point. It's just going to be expensive when you go out to eat, just deal with it. So mine, did I do Bok Bok Doc last? You did not do Bok Bok Doc that I can remember. Okay. Bok, I like Bok, the name though. Bok Bok Doc. Um, Bok Bok Doc is a new place. It's from the guys that do Steamy Piggy. Oh, okay. Convoy. Doesn't that feel familiar? It feels slightly familiar, but I can't remember if you did it. I think, did we just talk about it in news maybe? Okay. I, don't I think know. we talked about it in news maybe. Okay. Well, I stopped Bok by. Toy place or what? It is, a Bok Bok Doc is now a bulgogi place. A bulgogi. Yeah. Korean, Korean short ribs. It is, you know what? We did this. We did? Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, anyways, two people, 50 bucks. Um, I don't have anything this week, so screw off you guys. It'll be uh, your kitchen <laughs> and uh, the air fryer I got you two years ago for Christmas. <laughs> I know. I, I, they, uh, well, I will figure it out later. Um, you, I love your personality. I, I love the heart. I, I love the way you tell a story about the places that you're from. I love the way that you form your little bubbles. I, lo- I love that you, you, know, you go to it's a the club. the only way I can survive and thrive. I know. Everybody go to Corazon, Corazon de Torta. Um, it is in, when, what days are you at fall? I'm at fall uh, Fridays and Saturdays and the occasional Wednesday. I'm at Pure, uh, Pure Brewing Project. That's mm-hmm. on Alcohol mm-hmm. Boulevard. I'm there on Thursdays and to Sundays a month. Okay, awesome. And look up the Racket Club, which Club is... Club Raquetas. And if you guys are interested in donating to our junior program, we want to put rackets in hands of kids that we're never going to get it. Why? Is it important to play tennis? No, but <laughs> let me tell you, these are at-risk kids, all right? Yeah. Because they've been handpicked by a guy that used to run around and, you know? Make something that's inaccessible in a normal way. Right. To, and, more and there's just... Yeah. There's, I want them to reap the benefits, as you know, that tennis brings as far as discipline, as far as listening to people, as far as thriving and working because some of these kids don't have the best examples in life and uh, we're trying to do that. It's called the South Bay Junior Project, www.clubraquetas, R-A-Q-U. E-T-S. <laughs> I was going to say it in gringo for you. If you, if you didn't. Uh-huh. And, uh, that's what I do. Uh, it, it, it's really like therapy for me playing tennis in the club that I go to. And I, I noticed that. that it is for a lot of people that go as well. If those of you that don't know this about me, I was the um, I was the number one junior tennis player in San Diego when Woo! I was 18 years old. So you're going to uh, come hit with us one day. The, fi- the final tentative rankings. Are you, you like that shirt? Uh, the final tentative <laughs> rankings were me number one. Um, but... I will say it was not therapy for me. I was such, I had such a bad attitude. The only reason why I didn't go to college or get recruited by colleges, they all came out to watch me play and I would break a racket almost on every point. Awesome. I, I was the worst. It was not therapy for me. It made me very, very angry, which is why I quit. Anyway, you were like the McEnroe. That's, that's George Clooney. In the story that I did, the cover story that I did about Baja, I called Javier Placencia the George Clooney of Mexico. And somebody made this shirt and said, no, 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 George Clooney is the Javier Placencia. Placencia of America. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the Placencias. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Um, David Eli Martin, you can find him. David Eli Martin on Instagram. You can find yep. me at Hey Troy Johnson on Instagram. Anything else? Uh, San Diego Mag on Instagram. Yes. And shout out to the listeners. Shout out to the listeners. Big shout out to them. Thank you guys so much. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for coming in, brother. It.